This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Joy Challenge. Discover the ancient secret to experiencing worry-defeating, circumstance-defying happiness. Written by pastor and best-selling author Randy Frazee and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Better Samaritan podcast where we're learning to do good better. Last year at our virtual Spiritual First Aid Summit, participants were really captivated by one particular workshop. It was a free writing exercise with Bethany Heiser, who authored the book From Burned Out to Beloved, Soul Care for Wounded Healers. So we decided to bring Bethany's workshop to you, our podcast listeners, for you to use anytime. The wonderful music accompaniment is provided by Aaron Andres of Graveyards to Gardens. We will link to him in the show notes. So please enjoy and may this bless your soul today. My name is Bethany Dearborn Heiser. I'm so honored I get to lead you through these meditations and reflections that have become so important to my own recovery and healing. I had to learn the importance of deeper soul care through the fire of my own burnout. In this time, we're going to explore how our internal narratives affect our ability to be grounded in who we are and live sustainably in life and work. We want to be God's love in this world, and yet we are often so hard on ourselves, running ourselves dry in our desire to love others well. We need to know we are beloved, receive love and care for ourselves in order to be well and love others well. I'll lead you through a body-based reflection inspired by Resma Menikin, Practice a breath prayer, do some free writing, and close with a contemplative prayer exercise. If you could have a pen and paper ready for the free writing, that'd be great. As we begin, I invite you to take a moment to first notice how you are as you enter this time. Offer yourself gratitude for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Begin to slow down, and if you're able, to close your eyes. Sit quietly and comfortably for a minute, breathing normally. Breathe gently just enough to make a candle flicker. Notice your breath as it enters your nose, your windpipe, your lungs. Simply follow it as it goes in and out of your body. When you're ready, bring your attention to the bottom of your feet. Sense the ground beneath them supporting you. Stay focused here for a few breaths, inhaling and exhaling. Move your attention to your back, to the sensation of it pressing lightly against the chair, feeling the chair supporting you, doing what it was designed to do. When you are ready, begin to slow your breath down, inhaling even deeper and exhaling all the way out. After a few moments, notice where you feel tension, 
warmth, constriction, or pressure in your body. Perhaps you've already done something as you notice that, but try to just follow the movement and notice the pressure at first. And then when you're ready, move your body in a way that feels good, perhaps lifting your shoulders, circling your ankles or your wrists. In a poem called Phase One, Dilruba Ahmed describes many minute ways she has not lived how she would like to. Near the end, she begins to include the refrain, I forgive you, I forgive you. I forgive you, as she continues to describe ways she has let herself down. She closes with, for being unable to forgive yourself first, so you could then forgive others and at last find a way to become the love that you want to be in this world. I wonder if you, like me, ha have a hard time receiving God's love and forgiveness. Briefly consider something small that you are holding against yourself, perhaps really related to how you take care of yourself. Maybe it's not taking a lunch break or phone scrolling more than you want. Perhaps avoiding something you know that is life-giving. Inhale, exhale. the capacity you have in this moment, extend forgiveness to yourself. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. On your next breath, exhale all the way out. Inhaling, perhaps connecting your word or phrase with your breath such as I am forgiven on your exhale, or I am loved. Perhaps your breath can turn into a prayer, repeating that phrase, I am forgiven. I am loved. Perhaps in that space, consider for a moment what are some of the reasons that you don't take care of yourself. Feel free to pause this recording at any time if you need more time for reflection. We often want to make changes, and yet without addressing our internal narrative, seeking to change our behavior can be futile. We all have inner beliefs about ourselves, the world, others. Some of these we are conscious of, and some we are not. The core tenet of the relapse prevention program, the Genesis Process, states our belief creates emotions which drive our behaviors. Without knowing it, beliefs can block our self-care by provoking feelings of guilt shame, resentment, or unworthiness. 
When they provide the narrative we live by, we show up less able to care well for the person in front of us, and we are more codependent and triggered by our own or others' shame and anger. Understanding these beliefs is an important step to free us from shame and help us move toward wholeness and resilience. I've needed to slow down in order to give myself space and energy to reflect what is my identity truly based on? From where do I gain my sense of worth and value? These can be scary questions and are often in conflict within us. My false self says, what if I don't have value in simply who I am, but only in what I do? When I live from this belief, I work feverishly until I burn out. On the other hand, if I begin to hear from God how truly, deeply loved I am, no matter what I do, I am free to receive and to give out of fullness. My true self knows that I have immense value, that I am a dearly beloved daughter. By making small changes such as turning off my phone, taking a lunch break, and protecting times of rest, I am heeding the voice of the beloved. The voice that says my value is not in what I do, I deserve care, I have limits, and I am not superwoman. I'm going to read through some common false beliefs that affect our ability to care for ourselves and others. They are things we believe about ourselves when we are not doing well. As I read them, I invite you to remember that these beliefs have served a purpose, often helping us to cope and even survive in challenging, even traumatic circumstances. There are aspects of truth in each of them, yet when we live by them always, it is not loving to ourselves or those around us. So the examples of false beliefs or false narratives are, if I can perform well enough, then I can change things. If I let go of control, something bad will happen. It's all up to me. Always. If something's wrong, it's my fault. Always. Others' feelings are more important than mine. Always. Nothing good comes from conflict. False peace is better than no peace. My reputation is on the line. Shame would feel like death. I was created to help others. Because I can help, I should help always. I only have value when I need it. My needs are secondary to those of others, always. You might have emotions that have come up as you've been listening. I'm going to lead you in a free write exercise. Free writing means to write down whatever comes to mind with as little judgment as possible. This is an opportunity to give yourself some space to reflect on what you are feeling right now and where you gain your sense of worth. Remember, beliefs create emotions which affect our behavior. Part of moving toward healing is slowing down and creating room for reflection and even noticing what you are feeling and what you believe about yourself. Some of these are huge questions. You don't need to answer them in full. Just write down whatever first comes to mind. Give yourself grace as they may bring up a lot. I will lead you through five prompts and I recommend spending a minute on each. The first is, when I'm not doing well, I believe. The second 
When I am grounded, living out of my true self, I believe. The third, my background, whether that's socioeconomic, ethnic, racial, influences my sense of worth by If I lived 24-7 as though I really were the beloved of God, I would. And finally, one primary false belief that affects my ability to take care of myself is. I want to acknowledge that addressing our inner beliefs often needs the company of others. As beliefs are highlighted here, you may want and even need to bring these beliefs later on to a therapist, mentor, pastor, or spiritual director. Even naming a belief out loud to another person and being received with grace and understanding is a step toward healing. I'm going to invite you to reflect on how our beliefs are affecting us, our bodies, minds, emotions, and relations and then offer a way of praying through our beliefs, inviting Jesus to speak into them. In a chapter on changing beliefs and behaviors, in my book I write, when I finally articulated the false belief, my value depends on what I do. I knew in my head it wasn't true, but I couldn't just convince myself of the alternative. Living into a new true belief was harder than I expected. Unfortunately, identifying the narratives that drive us doesn't lead to automatic change. I needed to identify the fears that drove my beliefs, hear truth from the source of truth, and walk it out. I invite you to return again to your breath. Breathing all the way out and inhaling, filling your lungs to the, an even greater capacity that you have yet. Welcome God in your midst. Perhaps opening your hands as a way of opening yourself to receive all that God has for you in this time. And when you are ready, consider that false belief that was highlighted earlier. Speak out and confess it out loud. How does it feel to say it? Where do you feel it in your body? Where do you experience resistance, constriction, or tension in your body? If you are in a place to do so, I invite you to ask God to show you who has contributed to this belief. Did you receive it from parents or caregivers? How has culture or your community impacted this belief? How does it result in stress? How does it affect your body? What do you tell yourself to keep believing in? What is the benefit that you get 
from believing this. How does this belief make you act and feel? How does it protect you? What do you imagine feeling if you tried giving it up or changing the belief? How does it affect your relationship with and ability to hear from God? How does it affect your relationship with others? And how does it affect the way you act or your responses toward others? After spending some time with those questions, I invite you to return to your breath inhaling and exhaling. And turn to God who is with you in this moment. Speak out now your desire to be rid of this narrative. Let go and break your agreement with this belief. When you are ready, I invite you to ask God for forgiveness for believing it. It is contrary to how God sees you and invites you to live. Perhaps now open your hands and receive God's forgiveness for believing it and extend that forgiveness toward yourself. Imagine everything that weighs you down coming off of your shoulders or breathed out of your body. Let yourself experience that release and freedom for a few moments. I'm going to invite you now to consider extending that gift of forgiveness to those who have contributed to forming the false belief. Remembering that forgiveness doesn't mean what they did was okay, but it's giving that person or community over to God who is good and just. Inhaling and exhaling. When you are ready, invite God to replace that belief with what is true. If you have a hard time receiving what is true, invite others to speak into your life or go to scripture. And take a moment to consider a few true healthy narratives that you have received in your life. Who contributed to those narratives? Who is currently contributing to your nourishment? Invite God's presence into the places where you have carried this belief in your body and the areas of life that it has affected. Let yourself experience God's love and grace to you. I invite you to consider what practical steps do you want to take this week to move toward change? Is there someone you want to tell or ask for help? We can also practice and live into our new beliefs by offering ourselves forgiveness. Inhaling and exhaling. 
Take a few moments after listening to write down what new truth is arising and one simple step you can take to live into that truth. May Dilruba Ahmed's poem and the refrain of I forgive you resound in you as you seek to make small steps of change, having grace on yourself when you forget and inviting the healing and transformation of God, the God that knows you, is for you, loves you, and seeks your wholeness. This concludes the meditation. What a profound way to talk to God about our false beliefs and to start to replace them. Maybe this really struck a chord for you. And if so, I encourage you to reach out to a safe person, maybe a friend, a mentor, or a therapist and share those narratives. Satan would love nothing more than to keep you isolated with those beliefs. So there is so much power in sharing them. Maybe as you listened, you know of someone else in your life who needs to hear this. Send it to them. Let them know that God brought them to your mind. You can find more about our podcast below, but for today, I'll just close with the ironic blessing from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.